DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. College football title game tonight. It's Alabama and Ohio State. And for the Utah Jazz, it's a night off. The road trip continues in Cleveland tomorrow against the Cavaliers at 5.30. Back-to-back in Washington on Wednesday. And then that'll end the seven-game road trip. We were sitting here after they beat the Spurs in the first game. And I told you, PK, I'd sign off on 4-2 and two right now. I would take it. Uh, they're 2-2. Two and two. And they got a chance. Cleveland and Washington both look winnable. Uh, obviously can be impacted by who does or doesn't play in both those games. There's some, looks like there's some pretty good players on these other teams who could be out. And, of course, Durant was out and the Jazz lost anyway, so I don't know that we should take that stuff to the bank. But it's still interesting to note going into the game. But before we look ahead, let's look back. Ten games in, assess the ball club. What do you think so far with the Jazz Six and four, a game and a half behind the Lakers right now. Everyone all bunched up in the West. Uh, how good is this team right now? And uh, Shane says, actually, this is a pretty good assessment of where they'll finish in the West, and they're going to be somewhere in that four, five, six range. Fourth, fifth, or sixth seed. Fourth would be an improvement. They haven't done that in a while, but still put you in a four, five series in second round with a uh, with probably the Lakers, I assume. So it wouldn't. It, it would look different on paper, but in real life, it probably wouldn't be all that different. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it'll be real different. I have to look at them. I don't look at just numbers and just take that as 100%. That's the way it is. So the, the complexion of the team, are they better? Are they more competitive? Numbers show you part of it, but that's for you guys to be worried about. I'm looking about can they win four games in the postseason in the first round? And do they have that? Well, I think, okay, and, and I'm with you on that. But to your point, then, it doesn't matter if they're four or five. You'd be in the same, you know, you just switch the home court. And not going to be very many fans. It doesn't so matter if you're six. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're seven. As long as you win the first round, none and, of that matters. And to, the, to your point last night on TV, which you also, I think, reiterated this morning, is that a four, five, or three, six series is going to be really hard. Even a two, seven could be really hard. The, 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 the West looks really deep again. So... To a certain degree, it just comes down to matchups and how well are you healthy then and how well are you playing then because it's going to be hard. There isn't going to be that much separation. And we're going to have guys missing games for contact tracing and all that stuff. So if there isn't ever a year where the standings mean less, it might very well be this year. Uh, Can you win four games in the postseason? That's objective number one. You've got four objectives. (laughs) And you, you want to be able to... Uh, this is like you're writing a Mission Impossible script here. Well, I mean, that, Your objective, yeah. should you choose to accept it? Well, they have accepted it. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. And I realize you're taking the line of the movie. Uh, but you've got, can they win a first-round series? And if they do that, can they win a second-round series? So obsessing whether they finish fourth, fifth, sixth, third, that's that's great. And it passes time on talk radio. I get all that. But... None of that matters when a ball goes up in the air in game one. Are you better than the team that you're playing? Can you beat them? What happened in December has no bearing on anything. Are you good enough? And the standings may be just jacked up with guys who are seeing it that one game is postponed. And I agree with the NBA trying to push ahead, man. Push ahead. And All the people who want everything to stop, you know what we call them? Employed. Uh I mean, that's consistent. I've never heard an unemployed guy saying, we need a lockdown. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I've heard a lot of employed media people tell me and lecture me on that. 
And you know what I've done? I've personally, I've booted them from Twitter. That's my, PK's big tech individually. You're gone. You're out of here. I don't want to hear it. So, persevere. Probably going to miss some games because of that, which could jack up the standings. And then all we got to do is just uh, wish and hope and pray and whatever you want to do to fill in there or whatever verb you want to use to be able to have a full team when the postseason comes. So that's not jacked up. And then we go from there. Is this team capable of achieving that? I think the, the answer is clearly yes. Will they? The answer is clearly I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> that was a so, long way to get to I don't know. But the good sign after 10 games is, in my mind, this team has shown me enough to be able to have the success, the realistic success. And that, for right now, the realistic success is advancing to the second round. That's the, that's the first order to get to that point, right? That's what Mitchell said. He didn't say, hey, we're done losing in the first or second round. That's not what he said. He said, we're done Losing in the first round. Going out in the first round. That's what he said. Those are his very words. And that's the objective there. And then when you get that, if you should get that, then obviously you're all in about getting to the conference final. That would be, there's, I mean, all of us want to see that. The, the more success the team has, the better it is for everybody involved. Sports fans love it. Anybody who has a vested interest financially, we love it, and on and on. So that's the objective. And after 10 games, which I probably already knew from zero games, but I think that things that I feel better about after 10 games than I, do, than I did with zero games, I think there's a couple of things there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that surprises me. That I doesn't happen Conley, very often. I what think you got? Conley is ready to go, man. He's going to be, as long as he stays healthy or Did, doesn't have any contact tracing or COVID. I wasn't sure. I couldn't say that. Really? Okay. I, could, I couldn't say that. But, I mean, yesterday he had like a quiet 20. Yeah, yeah, he did. I guess Which if you want to go news. to the if you want to go to the level of what he did yesterday, okay, maybe I can see that. I thought he played. I think that the thing when he when he came here, you know, they almost traded for him and then they didn't, and then a few months later they did trade for him. Well, the thing he proved in in the meantime there was he was healthy. He'd had some health issues. He'd had some surgery and missed some time, but he was healthy. And then when he came here, it was the adjustment, and he got hurt again. But really, this is 11 months, and I realize he didn't play all 11 months. Um, but he's been, he's been fine since last February. He's been who you're supposed to. Or, like you said, maybe he was sneaky good, right? Like, wow, I knew you were going to be good, but I didn't know you were going to be that good. If you want to upgrade him there, I can see where that would be a little bit of a surprise. But he should be pretty good. It comes down to opportunity. There's still nights he isn't going to shoot a lot just because that's the way the game is going. But that's part of the beauty of him, too. And that's what's good about it. He's settled into a secondary role. He wasn't in a secondary role in Memphis. Right. And he didn't know what type of role to play the first year here. And now, this year, he knows, okay, I've got a good role. No one's going to be talking about me making All-NBA, making All-Star teams or whatever. And that, but, but, you know, he's 32 or 33 years old, whatever he that's is. That's not the point. And right. it's about winning. He's settled in to a role now that we didn't see last year. And and I think that after 10 games, it's come pretty quick. I feel like I can count on him. You know, obviously shooting is going to come and go to an extent, but 
I yeah, just he, feel like he's playing way he, better. He's more comfortable in this role, and I didn't know. I couldn't guarantee you that. He's not the guy we have to worry about with the shooting right now. That's not, that's not the issue. I think if there's one major worry right now, what's up with Bogey? How much of this is just 10 games he hasn't shot the ball well? How much is, hey, it's slow coming around from the wrist surgery, but it's going to be fine? And how much is, oh, man, the wrist is going to be a problem all year? Sure. You know, there's multiple storylines there, and I don't know which one to buy right now. I don't, I don't know if he knows for sure. Maybe he does. You know, maybe, right. the, maybe the doctors have already looked at his wrist and said, dude, you're just going to have to deal with this. But you, you know? went to the negative. I'm not talking about the negative now. I'm talking about the positive after 10. What else you, you got that's positive? Negative. Well, we have, that we have to stay with our brands, PK. <laughs> the Joe Ingles second unit this year is much better than the Joe Ingles second unit last year. Right, but didn't you already think that was true before the season started? I mean, 10 games can no. confirm it. Oh, you did too. Why? Well, because you know what Derek Favors is, and they use multiple guys in that role, and that was a problem. And the, when, when Gobert went off the floor, they gave up runs. What's that have to do with Joe? Well, that's a big chunk of why the second unit is better this year. Plus, they're going to have Clarkson all year. Okay, what does that have to do with Joe? <laughs> when Joe's shooting the ball and he's looking good, it has nothing to do with Favors or Clarkson. Oh, it has to do with Joe. I think, I think he does to a degree. I mean, I think Joe takes more shots when he's wide open. And when he was out there at the start of last season with inferior talent to what he's got now, he was less likely to be open. They weren't leaving him yeah, for those guys. Yeah, but I, I don't think that you just play. There's not two separate units that he plays with. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that's the case. You're playing well, with starters to an extent, too. I just think Joe is the comfortability that I can say with Conley is right there with Joe. And he didn't have it last year. And then he went back in the starting lineup and he got it back. Well, this year he's not going to start unless there's injuries, COVID, whatnot. He's not going to start. And so far, he looks a lot better coming off the bench than he did last year. I don't care what the reasons are. Who cares? The fact is, he looks a lot better coming off the bench and a month ago or three weeks ago when the season started I don't think I could say that for sure it was somewhat of a question mark for me these two things have been answered and I feel way better about them after 10 games than I did going into the first game anything else or is that your list of positivities that have somewhat surprised you I don't say surprise but just I ironed out the question mark. It's not a surprise. Neither of these guys are a surprise. But I didn't know for sure how they would settle in to these different roles that they really haven't played that much. Conley really, except for last year. I mean, I'm not like I'm following Memphis day to day for no, but it's a different deal. It's 10, a, 12 years of his career. Yeah, he was the guy. He had the ball in his hands all the I time. I mean, just the contract right. would indicate that. All I had to look at the pay, the pay uh, that he was getting assigned to his name, and to know they're not paying somebody thirty-two million dollars to be a complimentary player. Doesn't work that way. If they are, then your management should be fired <laughs> because that's not the way it works. So I, you just look at yesterday's game. A quiet twenty. It's like we're not really even talking about them. And they, and they really needed it. They didn't have other guys going. You know, sometimes the other guys have it going, and then you're going to get a lot of easy shots too, and maybe the other team just loses it, you know, let go of the rope, all that kind of stuff. And so you get 20 pretty easily too. But he got 20 when they needed it, when other guys didn't have it going. If he'd had a 12-point game, they might have lost that game. 
And he's not a high flyer. Like, Donovan's going to make some dramatic Eurostep, underhanded, uh, shuffle, bowling-type shot. You think he's throwing a bowling ball up there as he's contorting his body to the right and moving his hand across his body left to right to scoop it up and bank it, you know? That's a Conley can't really do that. Very few players can do that. So it's like the guy's never really going to draw attention to himself. He's not boisterous. I think I read somewhere he's never had a technical foul. Uh, so he's just going to keep his mouth shut. He's going to play ball. He's never going to draw attention to himself. It's just really not who he is. He, the only time I can remember, what, he made a shot, a couple shots or free throws, what was the last year, and he smiled and raised his hand because it was self-deprecating. It was like, yeah, finally. So that's what he is. He's very understated in that way, and so he can. he's capable of having a quiet 20. Donovan isn't. Because he is, he's going to be the interview guy. He's going to have a couple, two or three highlight plays during the game. It's just that's he's he's more charismatic. He's more puts himself out there more than Conley does. And so maybe it's because Conley's stage of life. You know, he's a dad and all that. He's not finding himself. He's already long since found himself. Whereas Donovan is going. We're seeing the kid mature into uh, a more of a man right before our eyes, which is exciting. So Conley can produce that type of so-called air quotes around it a quiet 20 uh, but it's been it's been good to see it's like now like wow we don't say man Conley had a good game oh yeah okay yeah Conley had a good game yeah okay I'm I'm down with that I'm cool with that because that's sort of what I'd expect and if you're going to have a team that's going to win a first round series you're going to need that so that's been good uh, but you can go into other stuff too. But the one thing that you said as, as far as the negative yeah it's I, I would extend it beyond Bogdanovich and go full more for the team. Let's have more consistency. Oh man. yeah, amen. You're getting an amen now from people in their cars. Amen, PK. Because consistency, that word's popping up at all the uh, Facebook posts we're getting here. People are starting to tweet at us about it. It's it's driving people nuts. How you can beat these teams that are in the top half, top third, top quarter of the league, maybe, and then lose to teams that are in the bottom half or even the bottom quarter of the league. I mean, Minnesota looks like they're not good. How'd you lose to them? No, they got a major injury now, though. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I understand that. Uh, But I wonder if we step back and say we didn't know which games were won and which games were lost. If we step back, could we say that, yeah, I had this team at 6-4 and after 10? Yes. It's not surprising they're 6-4. and What's surprising is how they got here. I would think that if you if you had uh, gone through this schedule at the start of the year, most people would have had them six and four or seven and three. And seven and three is pretty good. If, yep. if you're winning seventy percent of your game, sixty isn't bad by any stretch. Yeah, but there are people with high hopes for this team. So I, I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't give up on a few. You know, there'd be a few doubters. Oh, that'd be five and five. But you'd be you'd have them within a game of where they are. Nobody would have them four and six or eight and two. So. Yeah, you're within a game where you ought to be. Okay, so then if the record would be what we pretty well thought it would be, give or take, is that the consistency that we're striving for? Hey, I had them at 6-4. and four. Well, I didn't necessarily have them beating the Clippers and beating the Bucks and losing to the Knicks and uh, Minnesota. If, if you were PK national writer living in New Jersey or L.A. or Arizona, I could see where you'd be going. Yeah, Give me Maui. They, 
okay, Maui, giving me you and Don Nelson are out there. Uh, yeah, you'd be you'd be saying, yeah, they are about who I who I thought they were. But when you add in the local angle, and there's a lot of passion for them, and people want them to achieve what they're achieving, and and they want them to achieve that next thing, the thing you were talking about in college football, get to the next step, right? And for Rutgers is to win a game, and for Northwestern is to win the division, and for Iowa State is to win the conference title. Well, the next step for the Jazz is well, yeah, six and four, that kind of way I thought, but I've watched these games. Why can't they be seven and three or eight and two? They could have won one or two of these three games they've thrown away to the bottom teams in the league. I mean, the bottom teams in the league get some upsets, so we'll accept one or two of those. But why can't they be seven and three or eight and two? I think that's what we're hearing from these people when they're putting inconsistency because they got emotional buy-in. The team matters a lot. How the team plays matters a lot. There's the stats and the eyeball test, and both those things tell you they could be seven and three or eight and two, and we really want that. So how come? Why not? Yeah, Why can't they what, be more consistent? But what does seven and three and eight and two get you? The feeling that you're going to be able to win those four games that you can't win now because the playoffs aren't here yet. <laughs> but if you, we're in first place in the West in eight two. We're a half game in front of the Lakers. We're going to see them in the conference final. That'd be great. Now maybe you are, and maybe you're not. Oh, that's stretching it. One but I understand seeds, your point. We're right. fans. One and two seeds lose to seven and eight seeds in the playoffs. We can all recount when it happened. It happens. So there are no guarantees that, you know, back to Donovan's point, hey, he's sick of going out in the first round. They're over that. He's done with that. Well, if you're a one or two seed, you're probably not going out in the first round. But you might be, and you can't prove it until you get to the games. Okay, and there's something to be said for that. I buy that. If you you go uh, first or second, your chances of getting to the second round seem to be uh, much better. So yep. I understand that. But so after 10 games, you're a game and a half out. Well, if you're a game and a half up, it's not like, well, man, they've got it locked right. up. Or the game and a half out, oh, they got no chance. But it's what we so, were talking about last week. What do sports, what do pro sports, and let's face it, college football and even college basketball are <clears throat> on the fringe of pro sports. Pro sports sells hope. You can't well, win it until yeah. you get there, but if you got the hope of winning it before you get there, that's a big deal. You want to have the hope. Yeah, and I don't think after 10 games I don't have any. I probably have more hope than less hope that they can win a first-round series. And I think part of the tantalization of it is that, except for Oklahoma City, they really had no last-second wins to where, oh, man, I could have gone either way. Right? Am I missing any games? That's the one off the top of my head. That's yeah. that's the one. So was... I think that's part of the reason where you could say from uh, the six wins are legitimate. Certainly five. Well, they're all legitimate, obviously. Yeah. But that, well, it could have gone either way. So last night, Toronto loses to the Warriors. Well, Siakam misses a shot at the buzzer. It's mm-hmm. a nice look. He dribbled yep. around a little bit, got himself a nice shot, and didn't go in. Either team could have won that game, and the Warriors won it. Well, the Jazz, outside of OKC, they haven't had that. They've been solid in the win category. When you get down to the last minute of their other games, they pretty much had it in the bag, unless I'm missing somebody. Clippers, maybe, would be the one. No, I'm looking at the scores now. I mean, they beat the Blazers by 20. They beat the Spurs by 20. Right. uh, The Pistons by 10. The Bucks by 13. Yeah, there's a lot of double-digit wins in here. The Clippers was a six-pointer. That's the other one that's not double-digit. And that was one where the Clippers were there, but it always felt like the Jazz were going to win it, but you had to watch the end to make sure because in the NBA, you know, a three is stopping a three changes things pretty quick. 
And the thing that I like about the the Clipper win and the um, Milwaukee win were the two best wins. I think most of us would agree with that. And the thing that I actually not like, I love, is they had to answer the bell because they had played poorly in the prior game or games leading up to those games. And so they had to uh, sort of put uh, draw a little line in the sand. It's early, so I'm real hesitant to say that. And it's regular season, so I'm even more hesitant to say that because you got to draw lines in the sand and make a stance and all that the postseason. But on a small level of basis here, they have answered the bell a couple of times when there was a little bit of doubt starting to creep in. Yep. And that that's something that shows me, all right, they got something there when they're playing well. It's clear when they're playing well, they're very good. But the fact that they were able to turn it around a little bit when they weren't coming off disheartening loss. Although the, the Phoenix game now, maybe, maybe Phoenix is a little more legit than we thought. As long as Chris Paul stays healthy, uh, you know, once he goes down, you have to figure he's going to go down at some point, just how long. Yep. Uh, that That's a significant blow for them because I don't think they have anybody to, to take his place there. So they're, Phoenix is winning games, but they're doing it with pretty much everybody there. And, and I mean, you could say the Jazz. The Jazz haven't had anybody except for Joe miss one single game. Uh, so I guess maybe that this is really not that different than most teams. Uh, but that Phoenix loss doesn't look as bad 10 games into it as it did at the start of the season. Which is why when I was recounting bad losses of the four losses, three of them are bad. And the Suns, they, they look legit now. And, and maybe they are better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, maybe they're better than everyone except the local fans and local media thought they were going to be. Everyone upgraded them. It's just a question of oh, how yeah. much you upgraded them. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone thought, well, they're not going to be in that 7-10 play and stuff. No, they're absolutely going to be in the 7-10 play and stuff. Now, maybe they're better than that. Maybe they aren't going to be in it because they're above that. That, to I me, wasn't would be a sure. little surprising. Right. That's I why I said sure a little surprising. That. There may not be much separation between 6 and 11. They may end up all bunched up, and maybe they're 6, you know. But the fact that they're up there in the top three, that's, that's oh, surprising. Oh, jeez, I'm breaking out champagne if that's I'm down really, in the valley for yeah. two reasons. It's winter, and the suns are doing well. So what are the temperatures right now? It was like 21 degrees in my car this morning when I went outside. 21 degrees, huh? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't now, is that like Celsius that. or Fahrenheit? That's Fahrenheit, big guy. I'm an American. Are you? Well, sometimes I just don't know the way you rip on this country, so I can't really. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Making stuff up. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying as I'm saying it. And that was that was the classic example. I just called up the Phoenix weather. It's it's progressing rather well. High today of 64, 66. And then 68 by Wednesday, and then say, I got your 60s right here. For the next <laughs> week, it's all in the 70s. So, so, so when it's 60s. I think you, some, something's going on in Phoenix that I, I need to get down and visit family starting on Thursday. I was going to say, when you're when it's down in the 60s, do your, do your sisters call you and tell you, start texting you about how cold it is? And, uh, it's winter down here. I need a coat. Because <laughs> it's No, 64. because it's great news. They're all excited. They desperately want to wear sweaters. Really? And they, they oh yes. No, yes. Oh no, what is wrong with them? <laughs> because <laughs> no, it's just like when it rains they run out in the streets. They're like uh Bing Crosby or something. Okay, well you need water, so I get that. <laughs> but not but then it's, it's not because of that. 
But if it's 64 and dry, that's just a waste of time. <laughs> it's how about 74 and dry? <laughs> okay, but that's in the middle of the day. So at night, then they, okay. you, you're not going to wear your yeah, hoodies I, yeah. and your sweaters then, probably. But no, they get very excited <laughs> on that because it's used to just being blazing all the time. I think I need to live a year or two in Phoenix to figure all this out. <laughs> it's a whole different mindset. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a one place in the country that's a major metro that dreads summer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we've got uh, everything you missed in this show. A lot of college football, a lot of basketball. We'll do it next. Stay with us. Thunder down a bucket. Phil's Alexander into the heart of the paint. Across his body. Banks home a tough 10-footer. My goodness. Murray gets a high pick to Nikola Jokic. Bounce pass on the pick and roll. Stutter step. Drive. Dunked it home with two hands for Nikola Jokic. His fifth dunk of the season. AD's had a couple of great games in a row. Blocking at least three blocks in a couple of games. Could go along with three steals. And he's got nothing but net from the right side, right hand. Leonard Wiggles goes into and half the elbow. Finger roll home. Kawhi Leonard then goes down hard. Got tangled up with Temple. But Kawhi's up to 35 points for the game. So highlights from this weekend's action. A lot of football. A lot of basketball. PK, can you count up how many games you watched this weekend? Six playoff games. Two jazz games. A U game. That's just, that's just the local stuff and the postseason stuff. And I did watch them all, come <laughs> no, to think of it. it was awesome. I watched some golf yesterday, too. Oh, that was just Maui to torture yourself. Yeah, I, I make sure I always watch the January and February uh, stops to torture myself. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, I watched it as the, the kid from uh, Chile, 22 years old, lost in the playoff. It was gorgeous. It was sensational. I played that course. <laughs> So that downhill uh, kind of dog leg to the like it looks. Yeah, I never know when I'm seeing on TV if I'm judging the elevation right. You know, we're always told the Masters has way more up and down than you realize on TV. Yeah. So yeah. how downhill is that hole? It's 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 severe downhill. Yeah. And you better start it out to the right because it's going to bounce left. Yeah. I think I got there. Well, I, didn't, I don't play from the tips, but uh, I think I got there in two. I've played uh, Kapalua. I got a couple of courses to play with Bill Marcroft a long time ago when we were over there for basketball. Went over there a couple of times. And I haven't been around the world very much, but I've been, I think I covered four Maui Invitationals with BYU in Utah. And then I've gone twice on my own. And that's the finest piece of uh, real estate that I've been on the place of the earth face of the earth, I should say. So uh, so for people who fly to Honolulu, how much better is Maui than Oahu? Honolulu's on Oahu. I think it's a thousand times better. Oh! Because <laughs> there's people who come back from Oahu pretty happy. <laughs> uh, nothing against that, but uh, that can get pretty crowded mm-hmm. over there, particularly if you go into Waikiki and all that. Whereas uh, Maui, uh, to me, it, with Lahaina there, and then on the other side, Wailea, it has a little bit of nightlife if you're if you're into that, but the relaxation and all and the smooth and calmness of it is really something sensational. The only time I get excited is when I go through the timeshare and then they try to force you to buy and then it's just not my wife knows. She just sits there and just watches me go to work with those people as they try to apply as much pressure as possible 
and I just sit there throwing a bunch of stuff at them and get them all flustered to the point where they're practically shouting at me, and I view it as fun. She gets all <laughs> tight about it. <laughs> you are not wired right, and she deserves a medal or a prize or something. I don't know what. Well, she's getting it. She's getting the 30,000 Marriott points. <laughs> there it is. Well, she gets all 30. Don't split them 15 and 15. And then they give you some reduced golf or whatnot. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, then she's, she's properly rewarded. <laughs> I always look forward to the end there when they're just determined like right they're going to make you buy. Right before you open the door, because you're a gentleman and a scholar, right before you open the door and let her in, ready to be uncomfortable, dear? <laughs> oh, she knows it's coming. We've done it enough now. Yeah, and I just start, and then I just, I start twisting the argument and get them all baffled and confused and whatnot. Just screwing with them, wasting their time. You're a bad human being, man. Knock it off. <laughs> they're, this is their, they're getting paid for it. It's their job, I guess, and probably on commission to a degree. But at that point, it becomes a personal battle, and you could be selling me the truth of life, and I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Do you ever just look at them and say, there is no chance I'm ever going to buy this? So it's just a question of how much of your time you want to waste. <laughs> well, you you have to obligate a certain amount of time. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, sure. And last time we were in Maui was a couple years back, and we went through the timeshare, and right across, literally right across the street at Kanapali, we had a tea time. And so, and it was 3.30, we had this tea time. And so I had the time, got there at 2, and going through the whole spiel, get to the end, and I said, listen, man, you can say whatever you want. Uh, but at 3.30, I'm leaving, and I'm leaving with my reduced golf, and I'm leaving with my points. So go ahead. Give it to me. <laughs> and they, they take it as a personal battle, but they're not, they don't know who they're dealing with. <laughs> Jersey's so far from Maui, <laughs> both, yes. both in attitude and in geographical distance. Oh, big time, big time. And, and I've got, the one time I said, I got enough points stand up. Well, what time? what's going to happen when you quit? I said, I'm not going to worry about when I quit. When I'm quitting, when I quit, I'm probably going to die. So what difference does it make? So quit telling me to worry about when I'm quitting. Knock it off. What about if they fire you? Then this isn't going to matter. And we just, so we just, I said, you don't have the job security that you think you have. And then he starts defending himself and job security. And the next thing you know, the argument is so far removed from what we started with. 15 minutes ago, and I can't help it. I view that as fun. That's part of my vacation. So in addition to missing stuff like this this morning, you missed discussion. The playoff game, six games, four road teams, a couple of shockers, a couple not so much, Tampa Bay winning at Washington. While more entertaining than I expected, especially once Alex Smith was out, I didn't expect anything. And then Heineke went out there and uh, made a few plays and kept the game yeah, relatively close. That was awesome to see this kid, this tatted up dude, coming out of Old Dominion and diving from like about 20 yards into the left pylon. And then Chase Young running right down down there, a defensive lineman pointing to the guy's jersey to the camera. That was awesome, man. Who doesn't like that? That was incredible. That was great, gutty competition. I didn't think they were going to win, and they didn't. But it was sure entertaining. When I'm sitting on my couch on a winner's day, that's really all I care about. I got my money's worth on that big time. This Heineke dude that when he was with uh, Charlotte, Cam Newton used to call him Heineken after the hooch. Yeah, so that was awesome. That was a lot of fun watching that. So... 
Alex Smith didn't get to play. Uh, he, I think he's under contract for two more years, I think. Uh, advise him to retire, or do they bring him back as a backup because he's really good in the quarterback room, and if they need him to play, he can, but go get a starting quarterback to compete with, uh, with Heineke and then have Alex there as the, the veteran who knows what's going on. Well, they clearly, no matter what Alex Smith chooses to do, they need to upgrade their quarterback position. I don't think there's any question. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. He's proven that. But you need a quarterback, and uh, you know you can only go so far with a gutty overachiever. You need to got somebody who has big-time talent. As far as Alex Smith goes, if he were to walk away today, he walks away as a winner because nobody believed that he can get back out on the field. I'm not sure he even believed that maybe he did, but he did. And not only that, he won some ball games for you. So what does he want? I'm sure he's financially set, so that shouldn't be that big of an issue, although who it's not certainly not my place to tell him to turn down a few extra million dollars that he can gain these next couple of years if that's what his contract situation is. Uh, really, whatever he decides with, certainly I don't have any problem with it. But if he wants to walk away and he just wanted to prove he can get back out on the field, good on him. Shocker, uh, the Rams. I did not see the Rams beating the Seahawks. And... The Browns beating the Steelers, while an upset I don't think is as big an upset as the Rams win, but the way they did it was shocking. To have 28 points in the first quarter, that was just, that that was, <laughs> that was probably more surprising than the Rams winning. Not that, the, not that Cleveland pulled it off, but the way they did it. You're going to talk about retirement. You know, I think Roethlisberger has to answer that question. Obviously, when you get to this stage, in this age, you pretty much have to ask it every year uh, if you want to come back or not. But that late-season dive for the Steelers turned out to be a disappointing season. What were they, 11-0? and zero? And they went out with uh, without much of a fight. I mean, they did score some points at the end, but they couldn't stop anybody. And Baker Mayfield, uh, he might be the ultimate front-runner, man. When things are going well and he's got the cockiness and – Smith Schuster or Schuster Smith, I never know which one it is, the SC receiver, said the Browns is the Browns. And then as uh, he's running off in the locker room, uh, Mayfield says that the Browns is the Browns and all that stuff. So there's sort of a fun upstart new team to watch. In addition to all the football, there was the basketball. We spent a lot of time on the Jazz this morning. Six and four. Uh, if you put this on paper to start the season, they're probably within a game or right on where you had them. But how they got here, I mean, along the way, I might have picked five or six games incorrectly and yet could have ended up with the same record. I know. That's what's interesting about it is I don't think any of us – would uh, have nailed all 10 games. I just don't see it. I think there would have been probably, even though we would have kind of been within a game or right on of six and four, the variance of games that we picked probably would have been three or four, maybe even five. Jazz and the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow. Tonight it's all about the college football championship game. It's Bama and Ohio State, and i got to admit, PK, maybe it's because I didn't watch a lot of Ohio State football, but I watched the Indiana game that I just can't see Ohio State pulling off the win over Alabama. They're going to need turnovers to make it happen. Okay, but how about the Clemson game, though? Uh, Well, I picked Clemson. (laughs) Possibly because I was influenced by that Indiana game. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. They looked really good in that game, though. They did. But Alabama, I just think on the eyeball test, Alabama's looked like 
the best team all year. The one thing is, can Bama be beaten in a shootout? Because Bama's defensive numbers are good. If you dig into the numbers a little bit, you realize, well, a couple of the better teams on their schedule were able to light that defense up. But nobody has been able to shut the Alabama offense down. No, now they got a thousand-yard yeah. rusher. They've got a thousand-yard receiver, and he's my—he's a Heisman winner. He may not even be the best receiver, and the best receiver might come back. So yeah, Mac Jones, just looking awesome. You know, Heisman finalist himself there. Yeah, they—they they got everything. But that you know, if I think that if you have an undefeated SEC team, they're most likely always going to be favored over everyone, particularly somebody who only played seven games. Only time Alabama was held under 40 points this year was the opener. They beat Missouri 38-19. to After that, they scored 40 points every week. They ended up averaging 49.5 points a game. That's so I think, yeah, I think that offense is going to get it done. But the Ole Miss game, that was 63-48. The uh, Florida game was 52-46. If Ohio State's offense is on and they get a couple turnovers, maybe they find a way to win a you know, 45-42 game or something like that. Let's hope not. <laughs> you and Ohio State. One day, you promised one day you'll explain it all to us. Some of it I'm I can I'm a Sarkeesian guess. fan, man. I want to oh, see okay. them do well. All right. Before you, before you get out your Longhorn gear for them. All right. Anything else you'd like to uh, talk about? No. All right. There it is. That's what we've been going over in this show. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Jazz go up, jazz go down. Hard to think they'll crack the second round. Lose to the Knicks and they truly reek. Then they go to play the Bucks and beat that big old freak. Okay, I got to say, PK, that's one of my favorites right there. That was good. Well done. Except it's always negative, man. Well, and then on up note, they beat the Greek Freak. Yeah, but hard to see them getting past the second round. I mean, come on, that's the mess. Or getting past the first round, getting into the second round. Well, win 10 in a row, and that'll change their mood. 10 in a row? Wow, no, man. The next 10. 10 in a freaking row. Okay, I'll take it back. You're right. 8 and 2 would do it. Oh, I take eight and two any ten right. game stretch yeah. ever, yeah. And if you're a consistent eight and two, then you're off the charts. That's the kind of stuff that yields. Uh, well, in a full season, that's the kind of stuff that yields like a sixty-five win season. Yes, that's that's playing eight hundred ball. Playing seven hundred ball is I think it's what fifty-seven wins, something like that. And that's pretty doggone good on its own. The Jazz are playing, yeah, and that'd be a big step forward. The Jazz haven't had a fifty-seven win season since the Statues were playing. I think I think the. Uh, I think 54-55 is where the uh, the Boozer-Williams-O'Kerr group peaked out at. Uh, 55 is pretty doggone good, too. Yeah, and if this team gets there this year, it'll be a big step forward. But when you're winning 60% of your games, you're on pace for a 49-50 win season in an 82-game year, which obviously this one isn't. Uh-huh. All right, feedback, what you have to say about today's show. We got people uh, tweeting. <laughs> At us about the football game. We're getting good gifts back. <laughs> Anybody fired up for the college football game tonight? And they have some, some actress kind of in the valley girl, pleasant smile. That's tonight? 
Yes, it's tonight. I do think that, you know, there's this whole buildup with college football and the semifinals, the New Year's Day games, the semifinals, sometimes that's the same thing. Uh, and, And so you got all this hype, but then the attention shifts, and it's a while to the championship game and feels a little, I don't know, anticlimactic. It's out there. It kind of loses its mojo. And I guess if the title game is good, it gets it back. But if it's a good game, then I'm hooked. But doesn't it feel like it's been off the radar? Uh, well, I think college football has had uh, its most unusual year. And I noticed I saw one of the advertisements. That's the way they're spinning this. No one will ever forget this season, this year type of thing. And it has been crazy. Uh, you know, I, I just think that we're a football-obsessed country. So people will be into it in terms of watching it even if they don't necessarily have this passion. But football, at the same time, is uh, somewhat regionalized. You know, you can have the Packers, right? Every fan, every, every, every state has a significant amount of Packers fans. You know, it's the pro game, right? New Orleans. Uh, when New Orleans won the Super Bowl, I rafted the snake that summer, and the guide was decked out in Saints gear, hardcore Saints gear. Well, I don't know that you're going to have that in outside of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, some dude who is hardcore Alabama. You know what I mean? So by its nature, it's somewhat localized. We've got a guy tweeting at us a a gif here. I don't always hate Bama. It's the world's most interesting man, and he's sitting in the white booth, and he's got the beer on the table in front of him. I don't always hate Bama, dot, dot, dot. Wait, yes, I do. Do you hate Bama? I mean, what's the point of hating them, though? Doesn't that seem like such a waste of time? Well, yeah, you're not going to have that big an impact. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Uh, I know, but it's, but there it's teams like practically you, I hate God. There are teams you're going to you, lose that battle. There are teams you love to root against. And you root against the Yankees and you root against the Lakers. And in college football, Bama is now that team. I know, but in college football, you can control so much of your success. Yes, the Yankees can't control some no-name dude hitting a nubber over the first baseman's head to win a game. But you can load up on all the four- and five-star guys, and then the only running back who can beat you is on the bench, unable to play. I mean, yeah, just, Clemson literally lost a five-star running back to Florida who transferred. He was on the bench, couldn't play, so he transferred so he could play. He's a five-star back. It just seems like if I spend the most money or in the ballpark that they spend— they're going to win. Well, it's you know this is very much the baseball in the '90s and early 2000s argument. If you have competence, if you don't have competence, the money can't save you. You know there are baseball teams that have spent a lot of money and not won. But if you know what you're doing and you spend money, you can beat the team who knows what it's doing and has got the 15th biggest payroll. And it's the same thing in football. Texas can spend a lot of money and they just can't get it right. But if you have a ton of cash and you know what you're doing, then you win all the time, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. The way I look at it is to win all the time, you have to spend the money. You, somebody can screw it up. That, yeah, I, don't really, if, I don't care about that. But in order to win, you have to make it your utmost priority. You have to have 42 analysts. You have to spend the most or ballpark most to win. That's the way I look at it. Sure, it yeah. doesn't guarantee anything, but it's a requirement to have. And I think that's an excellent point. And I think the analysts are a great example because they are there to make sure that nothing gets missed. You don't just see your opponent's last two or three games. You see every snap, 
all season long, you make sure you miss nothing. If there's a formation that tips off what play is coming, you know it. You know, and every every bit of uh, high school tape is watched. Is there a diamond in the rough? Is there anybody we're missing? And they watch a lot of guys who can't play to make sure they get the one who does. And oh, if you don't have those analysts, you don't have that money, you can't do that. There aren't enough hours in the day. The, what Norm Chow used to say when we'd have him on, you don't recruit at these places, you evaluate. Yes, exactly. All right, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.